0: Good morning, it's great to be with you again, and how great is it that we'll be soon meeting again in person. Now that we've all got used to church online, it's time to just shake things up again and actually come to church and start again, all new and fresh. We can't get too comfortable, can we? Anyway, when I was 17, talking about comfortable, I went to work in Osaka, Japan, and and me and my flatmates were four floors up in our little apartment. And one evening around tea time, the floor did this great shift underneath us. It was sudden, totally without warning, and we all held our breath for a moment. Now, the Japanese, they're completely used to earthquakes, and they build their buildings to cope with them. And ours just then started to just rock gently, like we were on the sea. It was only for a few minutes until it stopped, but... After that the ground it just didn't seem as solid as before what I believed to be safe and secure what I was used to as being immovable suddenly felt like it could just liquefy at any moment and I remember suddenly being really aware of my vulnerability and it feels a little bit like that now doesn't it what we feel is secure or what we felt was secure and we put our trust in outside of God, it's just not secure, is it? Only God never changes. Only God is secure and solid. All other ground is sinking sand. It's a reminder to put our hope in him and in him alone. And this is why it's so important to stay rooted and grounded, with our eyes fixed on the only immovable one. Let's just double back and read that core verse of this series. It's actually a prayer, that verse. Verse 14 said that as Paul thinks of the scope of God's plan, he falls down on his knees to pray this for the church. So it's a prayer from Paul to God for the church. So let's join him and pray for each other from the Living Bible this time, Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 19 that out of his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you the mighty inner strengthening of his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvellous love. And may you be able to feel and understand, as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, And how high his love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves. Though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last you'll be filled up with God himself. Amen to that. So for me, knowing the word reminds me how I'm rooted in God's love. It's like home. The only secure, safe truth I'll ever know. And I'm still discovering it. I've read and reread the Bible a few times now, but I'm convinced that God hides and reveals different parts of it to me each time. It never ceases to amaze me how I come across passages that speak to me differently, even after I've read them a few times. This is mostly to do with the two types of word in the Bible, what we call the rhema and the logos. And the Logos is the written information we find in the Bible. The 31,173 verses and all the content within it, that's the Logos. It's the overview of God's plan for the human race. And we can't just pick and choose from it. It's just as powerful as Rhema, even though sometimes people don't see it that way. But 2 uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 says... All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So all scripture is, is from God. It's all important. The rhema, it's the word revealed to us the Bible by special revelation, the specific word to us as individuals. Those times when a verse comes to mind and reveals a deeper meaning to you or when you're reading and a word or verse really stands out, that's rhema. It's God speaking to you through his word. The Holy Spirit quickening the word and teaching you something through it or settling fears and doubts. Romans 10 verse 17 explains it a little bit by saying, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And the word there is the rhema word. And this is why being rooted in the word is so important. Now I love the word. The Bible guides my life, like I said before, and, and being rooted in it keeps me stable. And even if I hadn't spent the last 30 years reading and studying, i I'd still know that I'm loved and I'd know that I'm saved and I'd know that I'm healed because in John 3, 16, the Bible tells me that God loved me so much, he sent Jesus to die for me. But who knows, to be, to be rooted in the, the whole word is so essential, especially in this age where things are just changing constantly. The law, morality, identity, the way we look at things, public opinion, Perceptions, they all change constantly. We're overloaded with all this information. People who have the same core values are starting to believe different things on the outside of that, and and they all get really mad at one another when the other side doesn't feel the same way. But all that stuff, that's going to pass away. We need to keep God's word central. All the other stuff we're going to look at, we're looking at, it's going to go. The Bible has a verse which is repeated several times throughout. It's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament, but I'm going to read it from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So things will change, but God's word remains. It's important to be rooted in it. In fact, the only way to stay unified is to anchor onto and stay rooted in God's holy word. Paul said to the church in in Hebrews that it's it's living. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I find that scripture verse really like electrifying. The Bible, it's a phenomenon, isn't it? It's a collection of 66 books and writings from around 40 authors, spanning over 4,000 years with so much interlinked I could spend forever talking about it. And the more I discover, the more I'm in awe. I think I've read it all and then I find something new to me. I really am certain God hides and reveals certain things for certain times, like I said before. And we really do need to read it. We need to take it like medicine, if you will. Some find it difficult to read, or the motivation just isn't there, and that could be just because of the sheer volume of it, or the translation. If you're more comfortable with an older translation, that's fantastic, but if that's what's putting you off, Go and spend some time looking into the different translations and and go with that. I do like to mix it up a bit. I love the New King James. That's probably my favourite version. But the one I have now is the English Standard Version. And I've read the old version, the King James, all the way through. And it was like reading Shakespeare and it was just as dramatic. In fact, my English language dissertation was focused on the different translations of the Bible. I figured that my love of words and my love of the word would be a great place to explore. So I focused on one book, The Song of Solomon, and discovered that although they read quite differently, the formal and the more literal translations, the meaning behind them was essentially the same. But just, it was just put into today's language. For example, we now use the heart to express where love comes from, But when the the oldest version was written, the bowel was the place where love came from. Now, can you imagine how weird that sounded, especially in a book of love, such as the Song of Solomon? And there's one verse which thankfully has now been changed to, my heart was moved, so I'll just leave that one there. But yeah, just find which one suits your way of reading. Don't put it off. Even if it's a verse a day to begin with, maybe from an app on your phone, keep on with it get the word in you another way is the 30-minute reading challenge set the timer on your phone and turn away from all distractions and just choose a book in the bible to go through and read for 30 minutes if you do that most days you'll be amazed at what you get through Because the word is a mirror, isn't it? As we read it and really read it, it holds up a mirror to us and we start to see ourselves as we really are and how God is showing us. And Colossians 3 verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This verse has been echoing through my mind as I've prepared this message. It's out of his word that we can do all that he's planned for us to do in wisdom. We might know something of his plans for us, but with no wisdom, we can sidestep God without having his word guide us and, find, and then we find frustration. There are vital functions of the living word of God. Firstly, when God speaks he brings light. Psalm 119 says that his word is a light and a lamp to us, but further on in the same psalm in verse 130 says this, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Secondly, God's word is like food to us. It nourishes us. us. Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, just as we need light to, to live and we need food to live, you know, we should follow that same pattern with the word of God. And number three, God's word, God's word is like water, it soaks into the soil and softens the ground. It's the water of life. Isaiah 55. And this comes with a promise to accomplish what God gave us his word for. Reading the Bible, it's never a wasted exercise. It waters us that we may bear fruit. Water is also cleansing. Ephesians 5, 26 to 27 talks about the cleansing of the church, cleansing by the water of the word, a clean and spotless bride. And fourthly, God's word also equips us for every good work. In order to function well, we need to be continually learning and growing. And through that growth, we can begin to function. 2 Timothy 3, 16, verse 17, I've already read it, so I'll read it again. (laughs) All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servants of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And fifthly, God's word edifies. It builds us up. We fall short, we are always going to fall short, but God's word brings us back and builds us back up again, both personally and corporately. Psalm 119 verse 9 says this, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. In Acts 20 verse 32, Paul says to the church in Ephesus, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We're built together as we allow his word to dwell in us. As we're rooted in it, we join together with others and become of one heart and mind. And finally, and most importantly, Jesus dwells in us in his word. John 1, verse 1 tells us this clearly. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the Word who became flesh. As we get to know him more and more through his Word, and his Word dwells in us, as we are rooted in it, he creates us to be more like him. Paul tells us in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we renew our minds? By reading and allowing the word of God to dwell in us richly. We need to allow the word make its home in us by nourishing ourselves daily, by reading and praying over the verses that we've read, We can use a set daily time, like we've mentioned before, and that, I think, is probably the most effective way. It's all too easy to leave it out if it's not done at a set time or in a set way. Go through books in the Bible. Don't just simply pick random verses. A daily verse is a great start, but understanding what the people in the Bible went through, how God responded to prayers, is an eye-opener. How God speaks to us is an eye-opener. We can sing the word. Worship's really essential, as John mentioned, and it's not always about songs. But worship songs based on scripture are an amazing way to remember God's word. They often bring that rhema, that point where we hear what God is saying to us personally. And lastly, it's great to get together to discuss scripture. Life groups are just fantastic for this. We often see the Bible from a different perspective when we do it and this is a really good thing. Luke commended the Bereans for this in the book of Acts explaining that many came to faith because they examined the scriptures. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea and when they arrived they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica They received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men how wonderful so let's pray father God we thank you so much for the gift of your word Lord make us a home for your word Help us, Holy Spirit, to focus that your word would dwell in us richly so that all of your word can operate in us to carry out your will. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.